There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and won. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Put up on the Instagram story last night and ask me anything box, it is still there. If you'd like to go over and have a look and send me in a question for me to answer this week, similar to what we did last week, it can be absolutely anything. I've had a look at all the questions, there's still more flooding in there at the moment, uh, but a, a, a real vast array of different sort of questions, some football related, some like more business podcast sort of related and whatnot, uh, but I thought I'd get stuck into uh, a few of them to kick off this morning and we will do a few more throughout the week, so. So stay tuned for those. I think sort of at the moment when there's not much doing in rugby league, uh, the best sort of content I can do is literally asking you guys what you want me to talk about and what questions you want me to answer. So I've got four questions that we're going to get stuck into today. The first one it comes from Bradley, one of the great dribblers of all time. Following on from the combo yesterday, where do you rate the Clue, the Cleary slash Luai combination right now? An interesting one. Our next one comes from Elise Suave. says... Would you have any of those talking heads from Fox League on your show, Buzz, Kenty, etc.? Uh, the next one is Shandy007 says, Does Matt Burton play 5'8 for New South Wales next year? And then from Collier Adams says, A manly fucked for 2023. Give it to me straight, brother. I can take it. So those three, four questions. Sorry, four? Yeah, four questions we're going to get through. We're going to kick off first with Bradley's. Following on from the combo episode. Where do you rate the Cleary-Luai combination right now? Uh, and it's an interesting one. It was a combination that didn't even come to mind for me when I was thinking about all-timers, to be honest with you. Uh, and I think that's warranted at the moment. Obviously, they've gone back-to-back premierships, uh, which is an incredible effort. Three grand finals in a row, unbelievable stuff. One origin series, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so they have done a lot. But for me right now, I still couldn't put you know Cleary and Luai even in the same 
postcode as your Stuarts and Dailies. Uh, I couldn't put it in your, you know, your Walters, your Alan Langers. These sort of, I just, I can't, uh, I can't do it just yet. Even like uh, other combinations, like I would still have Macidley, Tamanatahu, well and truly ahead of them. JT, Matty Bowen, not even close. Uh, you know, Bedsy and Joey. Uh, so for me, I think that they've had a fantastic, you know, three odd years. It's been incredibly impressive, and they've jammed a lot into those three years. Uh, but for me right now, I still couldn't possibly put uh, Cleary and Luai into that conversation of those all-time greats. Are they on a trajectory where they possibly could? Uh, 100%. You know, if they if they go on to win more competitions together and keep achieving what they have over the last few years, I mean, if they're, you know, they've already won two comps in a row. They're both 24, 25. They're, neither of them are at their peak yet either. That's a scary thing. Uh, when you talk about, you know, the greats like, for example, I chose Laurie Daly and Ricky Stewart. When you had a look, you know, as they got older, what they achieved and the sort of football they were able to play, uh, it is it was pretty scary. And I just think that these two, especially with the way that you look at modern-day halves, uh, how much more they tend to achieve later in their career. You look at Joey Johns, Cooper Cronk, Brad Fittler, all these guys – it's sort of like that 27, 28 to 31, 32, where they seemingly play their absolute best footy. So these two have got so much more ahead of them. Uh, I would say they stay together for the vast majority of their career. I can't really see either of them leaving Penrith, to be honest with you. Uh, it is rugby league, though, and absolutely anything can happen. So I do think that over the next few years, we will start to put these guys into that conversation. I think they'll be right up there with some of the greatest halves pairings of all time, to be honest with you, because I do think they will be um, as successful, if not more, more successful than some of the greats ever. Uh, you look at the Parramatta halves, obviously, Brett Kenny and Peter Sterling. They won three comps in a row together. If Penrith managed to get it done this year, uh, that will be three in a row. So then you have to start putting them in that conversation. And obviously, when you look back then, it was sort of the halves that ran the entire show. Whereas you look at this Panthers side now, I think you've also got to throw like Isaiah Yo, he's pretty much part of the halves, realistically. Uh, so that comes into consideration as well. But I just think that what Luai and Cleary have done over the last couple of years has been incredibly impressive. It is a little bit premature for me uh, to put them in those greatest of all time conversations, similar to Nathan Cleary. And when I talk about him as one of the, the better halfbacks we've seen, it's too early to put him, you know, right up there with your Joeys, your Freddies, your Langers, these sort of guys. But you can obviously see that the that he is on a path to be on a similar level as those guys. You know, he might come back next year. He might never win another comp, not win another Dalian medal. His career might flatten out. I don't think it's going to happen, but but it is possible. So you can't put them right up there straight away. Uh, you can say they're on a path to be there, and you can say they have the potential to get right up there, with which I definitely believe those two uh, have the ability to be able to do that. Uh, but right now, I could couldn't have them in that conversation realistically, but I think it is going to change over the next few years, Bradley. All right, our next one. Would you have any of those talking heads from Fox League on your show, Buzz, Kenty, etc.? Yeah, I, I see a lot of this on social media, and I've spoken about this before that, you know, we, everyone gets stuck into Buzz, everyone gets stuck into Kenty, um, you know, they're shit, they're this, they're that. I'm like, oh, geez, for you all to have such a strong opinion that they're so shit, you must be watching them. You are tuning into them. Um, so I just, and, and even if it's just that you're consuming the content that is on social media, you're still watching it. And, you know, at the end of the day, that's their job. Their job is to get eyeballs onto their product, similar to what it is in my job as well. Uh, their their approach to it is to, I think, sometimes say some pretty outrageous things. Uh, if there's a common opinion, I think you can you know, pretty obvious to see that Kenty Buzz, they'll quite often take the opposite take on it. I mean, I had a look at Buzz Rothfield's 
top 50 players the other day. And um, I genuinely believe that he puts in really rogue ones there because what happens if you see a 50 that you kind of agree with, you read through and go, yeah, okay, fair enough. But if he puts in a top 50 that's fucking bizarre, like, for example, Manu ahead of James Tedesco, Nico Hines won the Dahlia medal. He was at number 32. Uh, it gives you things to talk about, and then you're more inclined to tag your mates or send it to your mates and go, what a fucking idiot. Look at where he picked this guy, for example. So I, I think it is a genuine tactic that some of these guys sort of use to push their shows up. And it has been a thing for a very long time in media and all that. Uh, and and they, they do it well at the end of the day. We're always talking about them. They're, they're always, you know, no one seems to like them, but everyone seems to talk about them, which at the end of the day, um, that's the role that they play. I think Braithen Astor has been really good for that show. I think he's very, uh, very up and down. Braithen, I think he's got very good opinions. He's not afraid to share them, but I also don't think uh, he says things just for a hot take or whatever it might be. So I've really enjoyed Braith coming on that show. To be honest with you, though, uh, I don't watch that show at all. I watch the social media clips and that's it. Um, so I also only see probably the most controversial bits realistically. A few years ago, I was tuning into those sort of shows, but I just struggle for time and I consume so much rugby league already that I don't I don't tend to tune into those. But, you know, if Buzz or Kenty was to reach out, and I don't think that they ever would realistically, uh, but if they were to ever reach out and say, I want to come on the podcast or whatever, I'll have a chat, I would more than welcome them on. I don't have a, a hatred for these guys. I see other content creators who will, you know, comment on all their tweets to get a bit of clout to get likes and everything and take the piss out of them I just I, I, I don't really get that approach to be honest with you I see a lot of content creators blowing up on stories about things they've said and whatnot and um, I understand it's a good way to interact and to get attention and whatnot but I just I don't know I, I just don't it's it's so evident what these guys are doing that they will say something that's a little bit polarizing or a bit of a different take so that it gets more eyeballs so that you tag your mates and it works I see it in my group chats all the time uh, you know they'll put out something rogue and one of the boys will share it in the group chat and uh, the boys will talk about it and and don't get me wrong I, I fall into the trap all the fucking time too do not get me wrong uh, but I think it is pretty evident what these guys are doing I don't think they're bad guys you talk to anyone in rugby league that knows these fellas off camera they are fantastic guys but I think at the end of the day their job is to get clicks and to get eyeballs on whatever show article whatever the hell it might be um, so yeah look I, if they were to ask to come on the show which once again I can't stress enough I don't think they ever would uh, I'd be more than willing to have them on I'd love to have a chat with them I think Kenty I I think Kenty knows a lot more about rugby league than what he's given credit for and I think it's sort of buried by uh, a lot of the hot takes and whatnot that he's constantly putting out or the different opinions that he's putting out to get his shows a little bit more, more attention which is his job at the end of the day that's what he's paid for sometimes you've got to be the bad guy to get attention I think those guys do it very well but it is something that I think, you know, like more more of the modern-day content creators like myself, Kempi, et cetera, uh, we're trying not to go down that path, and we're just trying to do it in a uh, in a pretty clear way that we're, we're saying what we genuinely think all the time. We're not taking hot takes to get attention or whatever it might be. Uh, and I think that you guys, the audience, I think that everyone's filter is starting to really catch up, and I think people are able to address that. So, yeah, it's, it's an exciting time for rugby league media in the direction that it's heading in. Uh, but, yeah, look, I don't have anything against those guys. Sometimes I say some rogue things, I get it, uh, but I'm, I'm never going to fucking come out and bag them and call them dickheads or whatever. Um, I actually went to do a live reaction 
to Buzz Rothfield's uh, top 50 players, which I've done over the last previous years. But honestly, I got two or three minutes into it and thought, you know what? He, he, he has obviously put guys in weird spots here to get a little bit of attention to get people talking. Uh, so, so I actually stopped doing it. So I had a lot of people that requested it, uh, but I'm not. I, it just it didn't look genuine to me. It really didn't. It looked like an attempt to get people to blow up and talk about it and tag, which would have, which did work. I was about to say would have worked. It did work. I saw the amount of comments, the amount of people sharing it. It was shared to all my group chats. Everyone had a few players they picked out they couldn't believe. Uh, so it is what it is. I got nothing against those guys. I wish them all the very best in their careers. I hope they do keep doing well. Um, but yeah, I just think over the next couple of years, decades, whatever it might be, I think the landscape is changing a little bit, which is exciting. Uh, at the, the landscape should be changing as well in you know 20, 30 years. Um, I think the land that will you know will be able to look back at stuff that maybe myself, Kempi, you know anyone else in content has done, and, and there'll be another transition and they'll move in another direction, which uh, shows that we are we're improving. Yeah, we're heading in the right direction, which is exciting. So going to enjoy it whilst it's here, but uh, nothing against those guys. I'd be more than happy to welcome them on the show. One hundred percent. I think they've had, they would have a lot to offer. Uh, and I, you know, every time I hear them on podcasts or whatever that aren't, you know, on camera where they're just talking normally, um, they seem to be great fellas at the end of the day. So, yeah, uh, that's the answer to that one. Sorry if I dribbled on there a little bit. Our next one comes from Shandy. It says, does Matt Burton play 5'8 for New South Wales next year? I don't think so. I know a lot of people are calling for Matty Burton to be uh, short-balled into the 5'8 role. I just... I don't really understand why you would. You've got the best combination in rugby league between Jerome Luai and Nathan Cleary. Now, there is the potential um, that we could see, you know, if the state of origin uh, eligibility rules change, we could lose um, the Samoan boys, which would really hurt. If, for example, we did lose Jerome Lewis as a New South Welshman, or if he was injured, suspended, whatever it might be, uh, it'd be interesting to see whether they would go Matt Burton. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they would go Jack Bur- Jack Whiten first. Uh, you got to remember as well that next year, Tommy Trevojevic, if he's available, he'll probably be at right centre. I think that Jack Whiten will be the guy uh, that'll either go to 14. So if something was to happen there, I reckon Brad Fittler would probably go with Jack Whiten uh, to short ball into the 5'8 role. So uh, it'd be interesting. I think between Burton and Whiten, it'd be very close. But if Jerome Lawai is available, I would be selecting him. You've got Isaiah Yeo at 13. You've got Nathan Cleary at 7. Um, you might even have Appy at 9, realistically. We'll see how it plays out with Damien Cook and whatnot. He missed out on the uh, Kangaroos World Cup squad, uh, and no one even batted an eyelid. We sort of spoke about this during the season. We thought it might be a time of change there. So whether Brad Fittler goes with uh, Damien Cook for State of Origin or an Appy Curacao, might be time for a Reese Robson to step up. Someone asked me a question the other day. Could, could Reese Robson play Origin next year? And I sort of thought, oh, I don't think so. But the more I think about it, potentially he could. It might be time for a bit of a change at nine. But, uh, yeah, look, I think Burton will be in the squads. I'm not sure if he will be in the New South Wales team next year, realistically, simply because we can't fit him in. Uh, if everyone's available, we can't get him on a wing. We can't get him in the centres. I think they'll go Jerome Lewis at six. And if Tommy Turbo is available, I think it makes Jack White in the 14. And I don't think you can run with Burton and White on the bench, realistically. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if he has an 80-minute hooker or if he wants a guy that can play, you know, um, 30 minutes of nine coming off the bench. I think Brad Fittler's going to have a couple of headaches, uh, and I'm just not sure if Burton will be there. But as far as him being 5'8 for New South Wales, I would still go with Jerome Luai. Uh, they are a proven winning combo. Didn't get the job done last year. I understand that, uh, but I would still be sticking with uh, with Jerome Luai personally. All right, our next question. 
This one comes from Adam Collier or Collier Adam. Uh, a manly fuck for 2023. Give it to me straight, brother. I can take it. Uh, and you know what? I I think that I got swept up in the hype a little bit with Manly uh, in the offseason about Seabold and whatnot. Um, I, I, and I mean, I did say it at the time that I think that if Turbo is just fit, I don't think it fucking matters who coaches them. I think they will still be relevant. Uh, the more I look at their side, the more I think that they can pull it together. That's without... They're, they're an awkward side because to get a real understanding of where they're at manly you probably need to be inside those four walls get an understanding of the culture get an understanding of where they're sitting after that disaster that was last year but when I have a look through their side I really like the squad I love it you've got you know your Ola Kowatus, your Jake Travojevic's these sort of guys in the pack that I love um, you've obviously got Lachlan Croker who he's not a superstar nine but he does a job every week and he's and he, he's good value as well as a nine uh, your Haas, you've obviously got DCA who's a premier halfback in our game Josh Schuster at six. He's probably the wild card. He's obviously replacing Kieran Foran. Who's got more talent? Probably Josh Schuster, but Foz, consistent as all hell, and he just he understands rugby league. He never overplays his hand. Uh, he just always pulls the right string, and that's going to be the big test for Schuster. He's got all the ability in the world, uh, but it's just about getting that temperament and pulling the right strings at the right moment that's going to be the big test for Schuster. Outside backs I love between Saab, Garrett, Kohler. Um, so much talent there, and then, you know, fullback, uh, arguably the best player in rugby league on his day. Uh, Probably not even arguably. Probably is the best player on his day in rugby league. So Manly... As much as I don't agree with some of the decisions that they they have made, um, there's a lot of things that they've done that don't make sense to me, but I still think they've got the squad to overcome it. I have a look through their coaching staff as well. I actually like what they've built. I wasn't a huge fan of the Seabold decision, uh, but it's been done now. It's been made, and I do think that Seabold can be successful with this side. We've seen him with a good team, and he can be relevant. We've seen him with a bang average team, and it was a fucking train wreck. But I think that if this Manly side, if they don't have a terrible injury run, I think they will be okay. I love that they've added, you know, Flanagan. Uh, Jimmy Dimmick arrived there the other day. I'm all, I've always been a big fan of Jimmy Dimmick. I think he'll be really good for them as well. Uh, so, look. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I don't think Manly are going to be fucked. I mean, I don't think they finished lower than what they did last year. I think they finished 10th last year. Uh, do your own research. Have a look at the ladder there. I'm going to ballpark around 10th around that mark. Obviously lost a stack of games in the back end. Um, I, I think that they can be a top eight side. I'm probably, I don't know if I'm going to lock them in for a top eight side, but I feel I feel like Manly are probably more likely to be a top eight side than most of the sides that are in the bottom eight last year. Obviously there's a number of other teams that have made a couple of big signings uh, that are going to be very, re- very relevant. You've obviously got your Canterbury Bulldogs, your Newcastle Knights, your West Tigers, etc. Etc. Et New Zealand Warriors, uh, but I do just think that Manly's got what it takes. If their fullback plays, you know, eighty percent of the season, I'm probably leaning towards putting them in the top eight. To be honest with you, I think it all comes down to Turbo. Also, a lot of it comes down to Josh Schuster and how much they get out of him um, this year. It's going to be a big, big season for Josh Schuster. He's obviously skipped the World Cup, so he could focus on 2023. He's looking very, very fit at the moment. Uh, I've seen him train once or twice uh, over the last few weeks, and he is looking very trim. 
uh, and very keen for this season to come around. So exciting times for Manly. I think that oh, I think that the train wreck probably wasn't as bad as what we thought. I actually like the coaching staff they've built. Would I have kept Des there? One hundred percent. I would have kept Des, but I don't think it's as bad as what we all think. So hopefully, uh, you know, from like a social point of view and from a culture point of view, they've sorted out all their things from last year. Because if they haven't, that's where I worry about the Manly Seagulls. Because I've we've seen Anthony Seabold in a situation that probably needed some fixing, needed to be healed, uh, and it didn't go too well obviously. So as long as they're all fit, mate, I really don't think Manly are fucked. I, like I've seen a few people tell me that they'll be a bottom four team next year. I just, I don't understand how you can put them bottom four unless there is off field drama, a plenty once again. Um, they've got a halfback. They've got a premier halfback. They've got the premier fullback, if not the best player in rugby league. Uh, solid pack. Like they'll, they'll hold their own, I think, uh, between, you know, your Ola Kawatu's, your Jake Travoyevich's, these sort of guys. I, I just, I think they'll hold their own. Um, and the outside backs are solid, you know, really good. You, you've got a bit of upside in Ruben Garrick, Saab, Kohler, the other, uh, the other center spot between Harper and Brad Parker, who are both, you know, solid players. Uh, I, I just don't think Manly are as fucked as what people uh, keep telling me. I think they'll be okay. But as, I, as I've been saying all off-season, there are a lot of bottom eight teams from last year that have improved out of sight, their squad. Uh, so it is going to be a brutally hard competition this year. I, I think there's a lot of teams that could improve a fucking heap from last year as a football team and still not move up on the ladder. I think it could be one of those seasons, which is going to be uh, brutal and very, very tough to watch. But, mate, I don't think the Manly Seagulls are fucked. I think you're a shot to make the top eight. I'm not ruling you out of making the top eight. And I think if you finish below a 10th or 11th, I think that would be considered a failure. But as long as they don't have a shocking injury run, I think they'll be there and thereabouts, mate. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.